Hey everybody, welcome to our podcast. I'm Greg. And I'm Penny. And this is She-Hulk Cast, a podcast dedicated to the Disney Plus show She-Hulk, Attorney for Hire. This episode, we're covering Season 1, Episode 2, Superhuman Law. And I know this might be a little bit earlier than normal. Um, By normal, I mean by the one episode we've already released. Uh, But we're going to be recording a little bit earlier in the week, uh, a little bit closer to the time that uh, that She-Hulk is released, so that we can get it out to you guys as soon as possible. Um, This also means that feedback time will be a little bit limited. Now, we can leave it to you guys. If you guys would rather get y'all's feedback in for the uh, for the, the current week and we record a little bit later, um, you let us know. That's call us in, or call in, or write in, or whatever, and, and let us know. I you know I, I we are more than happy to, to read your feedback uh, the following week, uh, which is which is you know fine. And if you want to send in corrections about things we got wrong on the podcast, we're happy to hear that as well and read it out on the next week. Yeah, God knows I get plenty of things wrong. <laughs> There's a lot of, I think it was like this. <laughs> I seem yeah. to remember. Um, but uh, actually, I am, for one, loving the show. And so let's go ahead and hop in. So how did you like this episode, Penny? I didn't like it quite as much as the pilot episode. It's It felt a little rushed or something, was weird about the pacing, but overall, I still like the show. I just, you know, on a scale, would rate the pilot a little higher. I can understand that. Uh, I really enjoyed this one. Um, I, I didn't necessarily like some of the things that occurred, um, or I thought that some people were really stupid or uh, douchey. Fuck off, Dennis. Um, but, uh, yeah, fuck like, off, in, Dennis. <laughs> In general, like I, I really, I, I liked it. I liked it a lot. I, I actually, I actually watched it three times because I was trying to take notes my second time, and my daughter was sitting on my lap, and that didn't work very well. So um, I, then I watched it again and took notes, and I noticed a couple of things that I, I hadn't, uh, hadn't seen it, seen before or hadn't noticed before. I was like, oh, I need to confirm this. Um, I thought it was, I thought it was pretty good. Uh, I, I like it. I like it, yeah. and I like the humor. It's a little bit more up my alley. It is very sitcom, which I guess is just a little hard for me to get used to in a Marvel context. But one of the things I really love about the MCU shows and the movies is how they have so many different styles, right? There's like a spy thriller with Falcon and Winter Soldier, and then whatever WandaVision was, that was kind of a experimental, I guess. And then... uh you know, Ms. Marvel was very high energy and silly and had a lot of extra animation and Moon Knight was dark and moody. I, I just, I enjoy the variety. Uh, they don't have to all be the same. The way like DC Universe, everything is gritty. Gritty seems to be the one mood that they make. Yeah, gritty and literally dark. Um, yeah. You can't can't see shit in DC movies. Um, but yeah, I, uh, so I, I was discussing this with a friend of mine and I was like, so WandaVision, you know, there was just so much more at stake, right? So WandaVision, her sanity was at stake. 
Um, in Falcon Winter Soldier, it was the legacy of Captain America. In Moon Knight, it was again Stephen or Stephen or more Mark. Mark's sanity. Um, it was you know possibly the souls of everyone in the world. Um, you know, Hawkeye was a little bit lighter, but still you know lives of characters that we know. And then Loki was just completely batshit and possibly the end of the world as we know it. So. Uh, this one is kind of <laughs> nice. It's a little bit lighter there. The stakes aren't nearly as high and you don't feel bad laughing about some of the things that, that are occurring. Um, even if it's just, you know, somebody being misogynistic or douchey or whatever. Um, yeah, it's not the end of the world. It's at least so far. I don't know if we're going to get to end of the world stakes by the end of the season, but so far it's, you know, life as a she Hulk is difficult. Yeah, and it's it's, it's hard having powers, period, <laughs> and having the world it know is. who you are. Um, makes makes more sense for that Spider-Man wears a mask, just saying. Yeah, it must be really hard to be publicly a superhero like that and have no rest ever. Yeah, I mean, you know, Tony Stark did it, but he also kind of thrived on the attention. Yeah, he's a narcissist. He's a narcissist and a billionaire. By the way, was that line repeated from the first episode? The being a superhero is for, was it in the trailer? Billionaires and narcissists. I think it was yeah, from the bi- trailer. Yeah, billionaires, narcissists, and adult orphans. I was like, I feel like I've heard this before. Did I hear this before last week? But I think it was in the trailer. Okay. I hope. I hope they didn't repeat it. It's a good line, and it is true. Tony is both a billionaire and a narcissist. And <laughs> right, and an adult an orphan. adult orphan. Yep. Yeah. And uh, um, Cap is an adult orphan and I mean, they all kind of are. Yeah. There's always some trauma, right? Um, you know, Wanda adult orphan. Um, all right. So, uh, we're going to start a new segment. Um, and this is one of, this is one, just a one that, so that we don't have to, to, to bring it up every time. And so we miss one or something like that, but this segment's be called beyond the fourth wall. Uh, so all of the times that, uh, Jen addresses, the, the camera or the audience or whatever the case is, I just want to bring them up because I think they're a lot of fun. And there were a couple in particular that I was like, Oh, I didn't even realize that she was talking to us the first time through. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. So maybe I missed those. Yeah. I, I don't know. Maybe. Um, all right. So the first one was before the credits, right? It was when she just looks at, she doesn't even say anything. She just looks at the camera right before she walks into the legalese. Um, and uh, I missed that one. Yeah, it was literally just half a second. She just looks at the camera with a, a flat look on her face. Um, uh, the, the next one was, uh, uh, I guess you could call the the change uh, of the attorney at law to attorney at for hire um, as as a fourth wall break. Like, oh hey, we're changing it yeah. in the middle um, during the walk and talk through J K G K G K L and H G L K and H G G L K and H G L K and H. Um, on the walk and talk through that. And then the, I thought the funny line, I'm a big agnostic. I'm going to be worried for the next year about what I just said. Oh, I know. And I really want to know what it was he was talking about. <laughs> right. Right. I was just like, uh, I want to know when too. When he said unprecedented, I was like, what was he talking about? <laughs> That's, and I tried to figure it out for, like, I paused the show and I sat there and tried to think, like, what might he have been asking her? But what could it, he possibly it, you know, have been infinite. Saying? Right. Infinite possibilities. Um, and then the the one that that I think people might not have caught was when Bruce said, I was a completely different person, literally. 
Jen looks to camera, puts her mouth away from the phone and goes, ha ha. Like she's <laughs> laughing with us that it was played by Ned Norton and not Mark, not Mark Ruffalo. Um, yeah. I mean, it, it might have been like, oh, ha ha, that you're a completely different person. But it definitely, she definitely like looked to camera. If you go back and, and like watch it again, paying attention to that particular line, I was, cause I was like, the first time I was like, ha ha. And I was like, huh, all right. And then the second time I was like, I need to watch this again. And so when I watched it the last time, I was like, yo, she definitely, that is definitely a, a fourth wall break. And like, hey, we're all sharing in this funny joke. That's um, fantastic. And I missed it. And I'm so glad you caught it. Did you have any others that I missed? That's all. That's all of them. The bit, the major one, of course, was in the walk and talk when she right. was at the law firm. Absolutely, that was, you know, the most. Yeah, I was expecting one during the family dinner, but I don't think we got one. Like I think on she was just too depressed listening to her family ramble on about how much better Ched was than she was. Oh well, he got a promotion. Oh, employed and promoted. Excellent. <laughs> 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 So shitty. Um, all right. So yep. uh, that that finishes the that segment. Um, all right. So what's your first point? Um, I'm going to start off with lawyer stuff again. And my first lawyer stuff point is that her boss firing her at that bar was one of the most unprofessional things I have ever seen. Like she was clearly inebriated. She was at a bar with her friends. They were, you know, celebrating or whatever that she had come out as Hulk and won her case. He should have waited until the next morning when she was in the office and sober. That was just, I, I wanted to call superhuman resources, but I doubt that exists. Um, I started wondering, and maybe it's a tangent, if being superhuman would be covered by any of the anti-discrimination laws, either under the federal constitution or state law, and and whether it might be covered under the Americans with Disabilities Act, because it's a biological condition that she has. Right. Uh, she might have a case for wrongful termination. I, I feel like it might be, it might fall closer to like a workers comp case just because it happened like she didn't have the condition prior to it's not, I mean, she, maybe she, okay, maybe she's a, an, an M word, but I mean, that was a, a, a pre pre existing condition, but I, I would, I could totally see a workers comp or, Hey, I could, I mean, she's fired. So she have to file for disemployment or in unemployment and all that. Um, but I just, yeah, I don't, I don't know that that is interesting. I think for workers comp, it would have to have happened on the job and she got the exposure to the gamma radiation when she was on a road trip with Bruce. Gotcha. So that's not workers comp. If she had gotten hurt in her altercation with Titania, who they dropped was a social media influencer. That was fleeing um, traffic court. She was mad that she got a traffic violation and she didn't want to pay her fine. That's what, what she was so angry about. I'm assuming. And she had to crash into another courtroom. Uh, I I don't know if we're ever going to get the backstory on that, but it was a little ridiculous. It was, um, I mean, I, I thought it was hysterical because I was just like, wait, fleeing traffic court? What? Like, who does that? Uh, so um, the job interview rejection montage uh, was hilarious. The way that the backgrounds got 
progressively drabber and sadder mm-hmm. as she went th- from rejection to rejection. That one where she's clearly sitting in like a basement and it's some job she never would have thought she would ever have to apply for before. Yeah, that's how like, I read it. Me up. Yeah, I, I I read that she was started in the really prestigious law firms and then she just like, hey, this is my second choice. This is my 40th choice. This is my 200th choice. And then she's, as you said, literally sitting in a basement just going, that's a no. Yeah. Uh, Holden Holloway finds her at a bar again, another employment conversation happening at a bar when she's been drinking, just really unprofessional, uh, shouldn't have happened that way. Um, he's got a real mild mannered quality to him, but it's all a disguise because he's clearly a snake and a giant a-hole. He, uh... He intentionally, when he's in that meeting with her in his office, when he's going to give her the Blonsky case, he intentionally is giving like mean instructions to his assistant in front of her as like a power play. You know, those decisions shouldn't have been in front of another person. They should have been told to his assistant in confidence. He did that to make her know that he's like a boss. It's childish. It's, um, very common among law firm partners to behave that way. Uh, there's a reason why I don't work at law firms anymore. <laughs> uh, he's very snaky to me, uh, which I think is a testament to the actor because when he played Reg on Walking Dead, he was incredibly lovable. Mm. So for him to be someone who gives my skin like the creepy crawlies is uh, talent. <laughs> uh, yeah. Let, let Carrington go <laughs> and send Bob to Wisconsin or to Michigan because he hates the cold. Just, just tell, him, tell that. him that's why yeah. <laughs> I was like, so mean. Whoa, what a dick. Uh, the GLK and H offices are pretty swanky. I wouldn't mind uh, having an office that bright and with all those windows and everything. That was really nice. Uh, he made a comment that the Blonsky case is very high profile and all the publicity makes it worth doing it pro bono. Pro bono means they're um, not getting paid for it. They're, giving all their legal services to Blonsky for free. Yeah, the firm is not being paid, but Jen would still be paid. Right, that's how how it works. Yeah, the firm is not going to bill Blonsky, but her salary should not be affected. Right. Although it depends on how the firm handles um, payment. Some firms have what's called an eat-what-you-kill model, where your payment is partially dependent on the cases you personally bring into the firm. Almost like a commission. Yeah. And some firms have a flat level and some have a hybrid. Uh, It's unclear if she is an associate or partner since she's running a division. Uh, So she might just have a flat salary. It's uh, unclear to me. I mean, she's running, she's, she's, yeah, she's, she's running her own department so i would imagine that that'd be a relatively significant high salary yeah but i don't know if it makes her a partner partners share in the profits non-partners make a salary um and then bonuses uh and at the end she's like i accept the job and i i have a successful strategy that will 100 percent." that was just such a rookie move you always under promise so right. that later you can over deliver. Yeah. Well, I, when she said 100% in the bag, I was like, ah, you never know that for sure. And I, th- yeah. I feel like, like you said, I, I think that was, that was maybe a, either a kind of a, a showing off or a, just a, a mistake. I'd say on the writer's part, um, 
as you said, under-promising is always best, uh, because when you succeed with flying colors, uh, it was against the hardest odds and, and all that. Exactly. Uh, she seems a little impulsive. Like, Holloway in the bar was like, so take your time to think about it. And she cuts him off to say, I accept. Yeah. Uh, I think her <laughs> impulsivity is is going to be a bad combination with She-Hulk powers. My, my response to that was, read the fine print, Jen. <laughs> yeah. She didn't ask any questions. And yeah. her one demand was bringing Nikki along with her. She could have gotten a lot more out of him than that. I truly don't care at all who your paralegal is. Yeah. <laughs> that was that, that line was delivered as deadpan as possible. And it was fantastic. Yeah. Again, though, like she had been drinking and she just, she shouldn't have accepted a job. You should always think about it. Um, never do serious business in a bar with people that you don't know. I mean, she, she was balling on a budget. So um, yeah, I, I, maybe only I, one beer. Yeah. Well, I was, I was wondering, I was like, you know, she basically, she's to the point of do ex machina machina. And I, this is a gift from God and I have to take it regardless of what the, I can't get another job at all. And this is something like, I can't, this is, this is something in my field running ahead, whatever. And whatever the strings are, I'll live with it as long as I can actually make rent or pay for a condo or whatever it is that she does and be a lawyer which she really really wants to be a lawyer it's been a long time since i felt that way yeah really obsessed with the number of of, or the amount on her student loans yeah well six figures it's it's a lot don't get me wrong i'm not i'm not saying it's not a lot i'm just saying that she's she's very much concerned about her student loans yeah and she doesn't yet have any interest in making money in any other capacity i imagine that hollywood would be happy to find ways to pay her sure uh she lives in la she could probably get an agent in like three seconds mm-hmm. and uh start booking you know possibly humiliating but lucrative uh acting gigs right but she doesn't want that she wants to she wants to really be a lawyer and at least glk and h lets her do that right anything else as far as your legal stuff goes um oh the the DA guy was like, uh, GLK and H had it declared a mistrial about the case from episode one. That makes it sound like GLK and H had the power to just do that, but they had to have petitioned to a judge and had arguments and the judge would have to decide. I'm not clear on when all that happened. Because It'd be like it was that afternoon, day. I guess. Like, yeah. hey, she just saved all the lives of these juries. And, and a mistrial doesn't mean it's not being tried again, right? That means that, hey, this is a mistrial. We're going to try again with jury selection and, and we're going to start from the beginning again, right? Basically. If, if the, if the DA wants to pursue it. Exactly. Sometimes the prosecution doesn't want to go back through all the trouble. Like, like the DA was like, oh, you unraveled our case. I was like, what are you talking about? Like nothing that she did affected the case at all. It affected that particular trial. And, I and get, also just the jury deliberation. Everything she did up until that point, they can just repeat. Right. Yeah, I just I, – I, that was one of my questions. I was like, that doesn't – like, I had a declared a mistrial. Well, you, you had a judge declared a mistrial because you presented a motion and then the judge said, okay, that's a valid motion, mistrial. We can't, we can't continue with these people. 
Unless the judge is corrupt and GLK and H just controls that person. Yeah, That's which is also I mean, an option. Yep. Um, so my legal stuff. Yep. Um, I did like the name of the bar, Legalese. Yeah, um, cute. That was pretty good. And it said that that you know that she was the deputy assist or district, district attorney. Is there a deputy or are there only assistant dis- district attorneys? I don't know for sure in California. I didn't look that up. I've only ever heard assistant district attorney or assistant. I know there's also commonwealth's attorney in some states. I've never heard deputy district attorney before. That, like, that sounds like second in command district attorney, which I've yeah. never heard of. But I, you know, again, not a lawyer, um, never worked in a law office. But uh, I was just curious because that's, that just did not sound – it, it was just unfamiliar to me. Yeah, I thought it, it stood out to me as well. I, I don't think that's the correct term, but whatever. Okay. Um, it's one of those uh, things that – it's like they, they've got Nikki as a paralegal, but she kind of acts like a, an assistant. Having a paralegal that's like with you 24 hours a day like that is very unusual. Uh, it's not really how it usually works. It not usually your best friend. Yeah. Although I had a legal assistant who I 100% love like family. And when we worked together, I would have counted her among my best friends. She was amazing. Nice. Um, I miss her. When, uh, when my law firm went under, a whole bunch of other people tried to steal her from me. It was pretty funny. <laughs> uh, They're like, uh, I'm going to offer Gail a job and, at this other law firm. And I'm like, good luck. Because <laughs> uh, she loved me as much as I loved her. Nice. That's, I mean, that is, that is the way that the best relationships work. Yeah. Uh, any other legal questions? Um, I don't think so. I mean, so my is my understanding that similarly to what they did on the show was that uh, you could just basically like, Hey, if you don't, that the, the boss or the firm would, okay. So what it sounded like initially was that GLK and H was the defendant. And like you said, said a winning case against us and so on and so forth. I was like, okay. Like it seems, it sounds like they're the defendants, but they were the defendants lawyers, right? Yeah. Like the entirety of the firm and all that. Yeah. Okay, I just it just sounded weird, and I was like, "That's odd," but okay. And then you know they can they the bosses can say as you are being hired, "Hey, the, you're going to do this, or you don't have a job," right? Like that's pretty standard. If it's not something illegal, yeah. Right, right, right. That's all of my lawyer style questions. So okay, cool. All right, um, I'm going to shift gears a little bit. Um, actually pretty significantly. And I'm going to, I'm going to go into Emil Blonsky. Um, oh, great. Emil Blonsky, uh, f- was a part of that movie that we mentioned, I think in the intro, the incredible Hulk, which was, uh, effectively it's Canon. Um, at least I understand that it is Canon. It was made by Marvel studios. It is part of the MCU. Uh, the abomination is from that, from that movie. Um, Emil Blonsky, uh, I'm just going to make it, I'm going to condense this as much as I possibly can. For anybody who didn't see The Incredible Hulk or just has no idea who the Abomination is, uh, that was his only appearance so far. Um, this is a much younger Tim Roth. This was from 2008. I actually watched a majority of The Incredible Hulk in prep for this because I was like, wait a minute, I don't remember what Abomination looked like. Um, and so I wanted to go back and take a look. 
the Hulk or Bruce Banner is on the run from the government. Um, his girlfriend's dad is Thunderbolt Ross, who we saw in Avengers um, Age of Ultron, as well as the end of, I believe it was Iron Man. Um, when Tony Stark comes in to talk to, uh, to talk to General Ross about doing the Avengers. Um, maybe it was the end of Captain America. I don't remember which one, but, uh, he's also in Civil War. Yep. And, yeah, the Sokovia Black Accords. Widow. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, played with William Hurt. Um, just a douche of the a huge level. Um, and so he is pursuing Bruce and he, they find him in, uh, in, in Brazil. Um, and they bring in Emil Blonsky as a point man. And he is, as he says, uh, he was a, you know, a Royal Marine on loan to the, uh, to, I believe it was SOCOM, which if I remember correctly, is Southern command. I don't specifically remember exactly what that means, but, um, basically on loan to the, the American government. And, uh, he was deployed down with, uh, Ross's team to go pursue and, and take down banner. He was never briefed on what banner was or what the dangers were or whatever the case is. It's revealed. Oh, Hey, he's the Hulk. And, uh, Blancy's go, what the hell is this? Well, he's still a fugitive and he's responsible for implicated in X number of, you know, deaths and whatnot, which are not, those statements are not necessarily untrue. Uh, there's this long pursual of, of banner slash Hulk. Uh, Blonsky ends up, um, taking the super soldier serum. Um, he, he, he calls it the super soldier serum is basically an experimental formula. And if I remember correctly, it might've been that a mixed a little bit of, of Hulk's blood or something like that. I can't specifically remember. I'm, I'm kind of rolled over that part when I was watching the movie again. Anyway, so this transformed him into the abomination, which is uh, the character that is actually seen uh, at the end of this episode on the video um, where you see Wong battling this giant character. This was literally film from the movie Shang-Chi. So if you didn't see that, there was an underground fighting ring. Um, Abomination and Wong were like, like they're kind of like wrestlers, right? It's not necessarily play, but they send Wong or Wong makes a little portal and takes him back to, you don't know where he's going, but, and you, through the portal, you see the cell, um, that we see in She-Hulk today or in in the episode today. So it's, I don't know if they like have had this plan for a long time or if they were like, well, Hey, we need to make the cell that he's going, he's going to be in look like the one that we put in Shang-Chi. Um, I thought that was really well done and really well put together. Um, and so then anyway, so he changes abomination. He goes on this. He's basically amped up on this, this, uh, super soldier serum. And he is, uh, just on a rampage. Hulk, Hulk eventually takes him down and he gets imprisoned. So on and so forth. Kind of like he said, but he is, what is key about that is that he is a very un unreliable narrator. He's obviously going to be telling the story to put himself in the best light possible because he doesn't want to live the rest of his life in prison, except for these random jaunts to fight clubs. Other things about Blonsky. Uh, so that kind of ends his history. Um, but who are these seven soulmates um, that had purchased him a, uh, a, a plot of land 
I really want to know. Yeah, I'm very curious about that. Uh, I wonder if we will hear or see them referenced in in the show or if we will have to wait for something else. I have to assume that we're going to get to see them because or know something about them because he mentioned them twice and it seems like a major point. Right. I really hope that that they turn out to be like scrolls or something. Yeah, like secret wars type stuff or um or you know I, we've already seen 10 rings but um yes, something that basically leads us I'm like who else has 7 so it's the sinister 6 and uh but Nation wasn't a Hulk villain and was it you know um in the incredible Hulk another character uh, was played by, oh gosh, what was his name? He was in Oh Brother Where Art Thou, Tim something. Um, anyway, he was a character in, in Incredible Hulk, uh, like a scientist who was still alive at that particular point. Um, and so I, I'm I'm really interested to to see who those those seven people are. Yeah, and apparently they have resources because they've purchased him a large plot of land. Yeah. Uh, so Whatever that means. Yeah. So I would just like to uh, get out of here and live on this large part of land my seven soulmates have purchased for me. Which, you know, sounds lovely. Yeah. Assuming you're not going to do anything evil or whatever um, on, on this land. So that ends my point. Got it. Um, so as long as we're talking about Blonsky, I'll talk about the prison a little bit. Uh mm-hmm. I think the prison is dumb when they stop her at the, the guard stops her at the front gate and says like, you can't go in like that. No superpowers inside. And so she just transforms back to Jen, but she's still She-Hulk. Yeah. She has, she could still transfer. Yeah. Transform again. Yeah. I I agree. And then that red laser thing. What was that? We don't know. She just walked through it. So it didn't detect like superhuman abilities. What, did it detect? That was weird. Um, all of these uh, super-powered people prisons in in movies are always these glass fishbowls, right? Like in the middle of a big room, right. there's this like glass enclosure. And it seems so inhumane to me to have zero privacy for the person inside the fishbowl. I, I personally would go crazy in an environment where people were looking at me all the time. I don't know if that would survive a um, unusual, uh, unusual, cruel and unusual punishment standard. What is that? The Seventh Amendment. Um, uh, she says to him when she's interviewing him, oh, the serum the government gave you caused your subsequent actions. Like, no, duh. The serum told it turned him into a giant, like, green monster. <laughs> That's not new information, Jen. I don't, it just seems like she shouldn't be that dumb. And, uh, my favorite part of him, of course, is the haikus. Uh, I really wanted to hear the one, or as he said, if you'd like to experience them, <laughs> I, I was looking forward to hearing at I, least one of the haikus. I, I did like the, the banner call. Oh, he wrote, he wrote me a really nice haiku. We put the past behind us. Yeah. <laughs> uh, maybe we'll get to hear the haikus maybe Marvel will publish them or something because uh, I bet they're pretty funny yeah. our uh, podfather Jason Cabassi is quite the haiku poet himself he, he does love him, him, him a kind of haiku 
Yeah. Um, I did like the Silence of the Lambs. Um, ma'am, this is a prison. Is he is he going to yeah. serve me with some fava beans and a nice keep? Ma'am, this is a prison. Right. I get why she made the joke. Oh, no, yeah, absolutely. Childish, but I bet everyone who goes into a prison like that makes that joke. Right. <laughs> or a version of that joke. <laughs> yeah, I was I I was curious to go back to Silence of the Lambs and like listen to the spiel that Scott Glenn gave, um, gave them as they were gave Jodie Foster as she was going in. I was just like, is this like a word for word thing? This is uh, yeah, like don't cross the yellow line. Yeah, that. yeah. And how come there's never a chair for the visitor in those fishbowl prison scenarios? Like the <sighs> visitors always has to just stand there. We. I mean, and if she's his lawyer, shouldn't all the guards be gone out of there? And yeah, like although at that point she's not yet his lawyer, she hasn't taken the case. But okay, that's right. He should be able to meet with his attorney in in private. Right. Um. Okay. Yeah, that was. I thought it was. I mean, I thought it was. It was an entertaining scene, but yeah, there were definitely some things that you're like, like I was wondering about the red lines too. I was like. Would they, like, if you sense a superhuman ability, like, would it, like, fry you or something? Maybe? I don't know. Uh, yeah, and he's like, just walk through. And then she doesn't even ask another question. Yeah. What does this thing do? Oh, just walk through. Never mind. All right. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Maybe it will be revealed. Who knows? Yeah. Anything else? That's, uh, no, that's the end of my second point. I thought that was... The prison, or was the prison your second point? Yeah, but I sort of, it was Blonsky slash the prison. Gotcha. So, okay. Yeah. Okay, so uh, I, my second point uh, is the family dinner. Oh, good. And the, I, I was thrilled to see Mark Lynn Baker uh, as I, you know, lovingly knew him, Cousin Larry in Perfect Strangers back in the 80s. I know that he has done things since then, but that's where I knew him and I was just like, is that, is that cousin Larry? That's, and then, you know, I, then once he had the conversation with her in the, in the, the garage, I was like, I was pretty sure. And then when I saw the credits, I was like, Oh, that's awesome. That's fantastic. I, I really enjoyed him. Uh, and his, the, the family dinner in general was just as awkward as you could possibly imagine it to be. Um, the, yeah. uh, between Chad being, kind of an ass and i'm assuming that those were I, i'm not sure who ched's parents were i don't know if they were sitting on the side with him or if it was the two that were so happy that he got promoted because he that he's employed and promoted and i mean you, you have you have bruce who you know genius and you know okay gamma accident turns you into a you know somebody who who destroyed a city, but then subsequently saved half to half of the, the world and, and all that. So, you know, we can kind of, um, kind of, kind of be okay with him. Um, but like, Oh, well, let's, let's make your hair look more like she hulks. Just yeah. tell your family to fuck off. I mean, yeah, I don't, I didn't, I wasn't sure if Melanie and whoever that dude was, were her uncle and aunt or cause Ched were they Ched's parents, and is Ched another cousin? That's it just, yeah. I, it wasn't I, completely clear. I'm not 100 percent sure. I, I, I maybe at some point we'll see a family tree, which will help help that out. But uh, yeah, there were 
that that was a wildly awkward dinner. Um, but yeah. I loved how supportive her dad was. Um, yeah. Mom, he was, he was so great. the mom is, the mom is named Elaine. I caught that. And, uh, she made a crack about that sugar isn't good for your waistline. Yeah. <laughs> like that is a, gets there. Yeah. Yeah. It's that, it's that typical, uh, that typical, you know, guilty mom or guilt trip mom. Yeah. Crazy. I mean, uh, it's, it's a trope, but okay. Yeah. I'll, I'll accept it. Yeah. I wanted to be like, uh, with her Hulk metabolism, that's probably not something she has to worry about. Yeah. Uh, and mom giving her phone number to some dude at the coffee shop so she could <laughs> yeah. help him be a superhero was just classic mom behavior. Yeah, don't try to set me up. Oh, he's way too young for you. And I'm like, uh, okay. <laughs> oh, he wants to be a superhero. So I gave him your number and you can give him to what? What, what, is, what is it that you want me to tell this guy? Don't hang out with my cousin. Um, um, yeah, and her dad thinks she now knows everything about Hawkeye. That was really funny too. Okay, so let me. I'm just gonna. I'm gonna go ahead yeah. and hop off on this tangent. Okay. Thank you, She-Hulk. Thank you for addressing the questions that like that people have asked on the internet for the past 15 years. <laughs> Thank you for asking about Hawkeye's arrows. Thank you for asking if they get if the Avengers get paid. Do they have health care? Do they have maternity leave? All of the th- it was it was very much throwaway lines, but it's literally questions that have been on the internet for the past fifteen years. Exactly. Thank you for at least addressing them. Like I get it, we're not going to get answers. Um, we you know we talked about like a uh, cap being you know missing in action and paying out a. Uh, a benefit oh, for a family or whatever. Claim. Yeah, an insurance claim. But uh, yeah, thank you very much. I really appreciate it, uh, Miss Gao. Uh, thank you for including that because it it at <laughs> least was a fun either Easter egg or fan service to, oh, yeah, why wouldn't you ask these questions? Because that's kind of a big deal. Exactly. Uh, I actually met Mark Lynn Baker once. He oh, really? was running a summer stock program at the college where I went and I lived on campus one summer and volunteered to usher for one of the plays. And uh, he just walked up to me. I was standing there waiting for the play to start. And he walked up to me and he was standing slightly behind me. And he asked me a question and I answered and we had like a whole conversation before I realized who it was. (laughs) And, And then he was like walking off and I was like, I would have been way dorkier if I'd known who that was when <laughs> we were talking. So I'm really glad about how that worked out. I, I know that I knew his name at one point, but I was like, is that cousin Larry? And then I saw the name on the, on the screen. I was like, Oh yeah. Mark Lynn Baker. That's right. Yeah. I was, um, yeah. It's awesome. People I knew knew him better than that. Like worked at the summer stock and uh, they all said he was like the nicest, coolest guy. That's so sweet. Always, that's awesome. Yeah, I love when I hear about celebrities living up to the personality you think they have. Mm-hmm. Makes me happy. Yeah, definitely when it's, especially when it's positive. Yeah. Um. All right. So that is that was mine. Family dinner was mine. All right. So my third point is Nikki. I really like Nikki and what we've seen from Nikki so far, but she needs more dimension than they're giving her so far she's pure gen cheerleader and she's really into gen being the hulk or she hulk right. and there's not a lot 
else there. So I I just want her to be a full human. I'm hoping we get more. In the meantime, I enjoyed her fashion. That yellow dress was fire. She looked amazing. <laughs> her makeup is a little 80s, but in a way that makes me think she knows it is. Uh, and she wears a lot of jewelry. It's uh, It's a fun look. I enjoy her whole presentation of herself and she seems like a happy person you know and she's like jen you can't work at this place they have bad snacks like she's that was that's one of my notes is like i'm like of course the paralegal is going to be the one like no i know about their snacks we we can't exactly um but she's loyal and she's a good friend and they clearly have a very high level of comfort with each other i just want nikki to be more than what we've seen Right. She she was very much into the look at all the cool shit we have now. Yeah. <laughs> um like kind of very kind of not not materialistic but like perk oriented and uh, don't get me wrong, working in the DAA's office is my understanding is uh not the most glamorous and it's got to feel like a a giant step up especially if your best friend is helping you get this job and maintain this job. Yeah. I mean, that office was nice. Yeah, I mean, it, it, was, it was a huge. corner office, right? Yeah, corner office with like a little couch sitting area. Big ass and windows. <laughs> those windows were amazing. Uh, I would love to have an office like that someday. Um, uh, now I'm thinking maybe not. Don't want to go back to a law firm. Fair, anyway. fair enough. Yeah. One thing, uh, when she was asking about, like, do the Avengers even offer healthcare? I was like, maybe Jen is going to end up forming some kind of, like, superhero union. <laughs> that I mean, and- that's pretty smart. I mean, because <laughs> she did say, like, I don't want to, you know, I didn't go to law school to become a vigilante. Yeah. Um, and oh, you could be an Avenger. Do they have healthcare? And, like, I thought that was, like, like I said, th- those were really, really good points. Really, really good questions. Uh, None of which I think that we will ever hear about. Yeah. Although they do say she does ask about a pension and pensions are not even really a thing as much anymore. It's all 401ks and IRAs and stuff like that. Yeah. I don't know anybody who's not a military, like career military who has anything like a pension. Maybe teachers. I think teachers. Yeah. Teachers would. Yeah. And like firefighters. Uh, Probably people who are represented by unions. Um, they yeah. probably would p- push for pensions. I again, not a job expert. I've had one job for the last twenty five years, so uh, I <laughs> I do not know. Yeah, do you? When you retire from the military, do you get a pension? Uh, I only yeah. know yep, my I dad did. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Um. All right. Uh, so, anything else about Nikki? Oh, she had one of my favorite lines of the night uh, when she tells Dennis to take a lap. <laughs> yeah, that was good. <laughs> I just well, thought it was really funny. There's a hot girl over there. I'm going to go talk to it. I'm like, it. oh, God. You, like, don't get me wrong. They're giving us one dimension. They're giving only giving us one. He's literally just a douche. We're just supposed to dislike Dennis. So, you know what? Well done. Fuck off, Dennis. Yeah. Fuck off, Dennis. Uh, that's our motto, I think. <laughs> that's, that's, that'll be our cross line at the end of the show. Fuck off, Dennis. Anyone who refers to a woman as an it uh, is irredeemable in my book. Right. Uh, maybe uh, it just hides some some huge insecurities on his part, um, but it you know it, it doesn't doesn't present a good face. No. 
Um, all right. Anything else? Uh, I have some notes, but I'm done with my points. Okay. So my last point is because this is a new job for, uh, for Jen and I am going to be exploring the job market here soon. Uh, I was talking, you know, looking at the new job stuff, right? Um, you know, she talks about how she, people are only going to believe that she got, she's way qualified, but she's, they're only going to believe that she got the job because of, uh, because she was the She-Hulk. And then Dennis says, you know, how'd you get your superpowers? Ah, nepotism. Um, and it's kind of true. I mean, it is. I mean, that happened to have the same whatever about gamma radiation and, and facilitating change and, and all that. Um, but, uh, like, you know, walking through the new building, uh, then, you know, oh, hey, this is the way it is. You need to be the She-Hulk. I expect for you to, to be the She-Hulk at work and in the courtroom. Which, now, all these drawings where she's, like, in the elevator as the She-Hulk. It makes sense as to why she's that way. Because I was like, if she can change back and forth, why would she ever be in an elevator? Oh, she's required to be. This is a part of her job. Um, that presence. Um, the the looks of all the people coming in. Um, yeah, that one guy like tripped over himself and fell into a like, yeah, mail cart or the, something. The, the, the lady in the side room gives her just like the meanest mean girl look. Um, and then you got the all the, the old dodos in the in the meeting room and the guys high-fiving or shaking hands or something at the, at the end. Um, yeah. And, uh, and I was just like, man, new job stuff is... So like, it's, it's going to be such a, such an adaptation. It's got to be such an adaptation from whatever you did before to whatever you are going to do now. Um, but the thing that entertained me the most about this was pug who was played by a guy who was apparently an arrow, a pretty well-known actor, I guess. Um, Oh yeah, I, like he to me, he was a throwaway character, but apparently maybe he's going to be a bigger part of this because he was like second build after Tatiana Maslany in the credits. Um, I, I looked him up because I was like, "Who is he in the?" Oh, he's Pug. Um, but uh, so he he you know gives them the little gift basket with snacks and the map of where the best place to poop is, and and they both were really serious about it. Yeah, they were and, like, and Thank so you. exactly like the the very specific. Thank you. The very earnest, honest thank you at, by by both of them is like, oh, that is that is important stuff. That, that's, that's the stuff you don't ask about in the uh, you know in, in the the orientation interviews. Exactly. Um, and I then the map was how many also, people also great. How many people at my at my old job would come into my office with this like very specific look on their face and be like. You know, it'd be like their first day or they'd be visiting from another office. They'd be like, um, nobody showed me where the bathroom is. <laughs> uh, <laughs> like, I'll take you. Yeah. Um, all the time. People leave that out of the orientation constantly. Yeah. That's, so thank you, Pug. Yeah. That, that, that is that is very important, and especially for those giant ass offices. Yeah. I want to know what Pug does. Um, if he's another lawyer or if he's like got some other job. He didn't say yeah he and, I mean, my guess would be like uh, a young associate for the like bit like the sacrificial lamb for the superhuman law um firm or yeah. department but um, what kind of a name is pug yeah i don't 
maybe it's a nickname. It's gotta be. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that was it for my, for my points. Um, yeah, I liked Pug. I do hope we see him again. I'm going to look him up now that you say he's from Arrow. Cause I used to watch that show. Yeah, I guess he was on, I looked it up. He was on, on it from like 2016, 2019. I don't know. Hmm. Uh, I, I'm not a DC guy. So, um, Arrow right, was you, pretty good. Anyway. Was it? Okay. Yeah. It went on. Didn't it go on for like 12 seasons or something like that? I don't think it was 12, but it was pretty successful and it spun off The Flash, which was actually not as gritty and dark and depressing and was a little bit yeah. more of a fun show and had a lot was, of time travel and stuff. I was, I was watching, I watched the first, I think, season of The Flash with my like nine-year-old and it was not nearly as, as, uh, unhinged as some of the other characters, uh, some of the other shows or movies. Yeah. It's a little more like lighthearted and wholesome. Right. Um, all right. Any notes? Yeah. Uh, my first note is Jen's apartment was super boring and generic. I, <laughs> I, you know, I stopped the show and looked at it to see if there was anything worth commenting on. And all I came up with was I almost bought that coffee table and, <laughs> That her art was just really bland. It kind of looked like a West Elm showroom. I was surprised by that because she has a lot of personality. Uh, and then when she was depressed and they were in her apartment and she was online, the website she was looking at, the article was 10 offbeat jobs for a fresh start. And the number one job was Swiss Village mascot. And the picture showed two like costumed like animal characters. Uh, but on that page, there's a QR code that you can scan and it takes you to a Marvel website where you can download a free She-Hulk comic book. It's the first issue from the 2004 run, which I happen to already have, so I didn't download it. Um, and on that page, there's also references to, um, there's uh, some shoes for sale that have like an Iron Man branding on them. There's a an article link to a man has a bar fight with metal claws. So Wolverine, I guess. Um, okay. There's another link to an article that says, why is there a giant man sticking out of the ocean? Uh, oh, yeah, there we go. Eternals. To Eternals. And uh, one of the tabs at the top said, find Ant-Man. So I'm assuming it's one of those... Pages where there's like a big picture and Ant-Man is tiny and you have to like. <laughs> yeah, like where's Waldo? Yeah, like where's Waldo? So I thought that was <laughs> that was really, really cute. Um, and there was another tab at the top for Norse mythology. So I don't know what that website was, but there was like just tons of little Easter eggs in it. I mean, that's that's fantastic. Uh, I mean, I guess she was maybe looking up on her other uh, brethren or other superhero brethren. Um, well, I guess the. 10 thing 10 jobs for a fresh start maybe she was just oh i guess maybe i should just give up on being a lawyer right no i think she, that's that's why she was there but then like the other tabs is what i was yeah. thinking yeah maybe um, yeah like norse mythology just want to learn about yeah. thor um, am i am i stronger than thor i don't know he calls himself the strongest adventure so but he's wrong yeah huh. I mean. have they ever tested it i don't know <laughs> Uh, the CGI didn't always look great. There was some unevenness. Her hair looks really weird to me when she's when she's in She-Hulk mode. Isn't like, it slightly purple or slightly green? Like there's like a strands of it that are 
Yeah, Moth she has colored. like green highlights, which that's not the part that bothers me. It's the fact that it doesn't move like hair. And I know that's one of the hardest things to animate, but there is there are better hair animations out there. I know it's possible to do better than that. And it it, it just wasn't there. Every now and then her face, the facial expressions didn't quite seem to match up with what she was saying. I think there's just some some CGI, I don't know, bugs in the system. Um, it looked much better last week. Yeah, I, there were, and maybe it'll, maybe if this was supposed to be the, the initial episode of the pilot, um, maybe they hadn't gotten the bugs worked out yet. Um, exactly. But, uh, I, I, one of the things that I noticed is that like she, in my personal opinion, she looks like a woman wearing green paint and like, that's what she looks like. And the yeah. fact that it's CGI, like that's to me, that's like, that's a high compliment. It looks like it's practical effects. Um, Sometimes it does. Yeah. Sometimes it looks really, really good. Well, I think, I think last week specifically is when I was like, man, like she just looks like she's painted. Um, yeah. Now I think that, I think that, that Bruce looked a little bit, that maybe that was just his features or whatnot. But, uh, I feel like like her face, like I, I agree with you that her face this week was a little bit less smooth um, in in the the effects department. Yeah, um, I mean it doesn't take away from the story; it's just a little distracting. Yeah, yeah. Uh, now I will I will counter that, mm-hmm. not without the CGI, but I will say that the cinematography and the eye lines for these are fantastic. Um. Nikki is always has her head back whenever she's talking to Jen in She-Hulk form. Yep. Um, they have a lot of, Hey, I'm going to have the camera at like eight feet up and uh, a wig or maybe a person right in front of, you know, like you can see her in the foreground or at least the back of her head or the side of her head or something like that. And she's looking down at Dennis. Uh, if she's looking down at Mr. Hall, uh, whatever Holloway, um, I thought that they, they used the, 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 the camera positioning and the, uh, the, the actors with their eye lines. Uh, I thought that they did a really good job and made it consistent so that it wasn't look like, it didn't look like they were just talking to someone on a, at a relatively level, level area. That's a good catch. Yeah. I agree. I didn't, I didn't pay attention to it, which is, means it was well done. I was, I was going to say, if you up. didn't notice it, it meant that it wasn't bad. <laughs> and that exactly. you, you weren't like, oh, this doesn't make any sense. All right. So I think that we've covered, uh, I guess, uh, hyperspace tends to interrupt some cell phone calls. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, sure. Although I'm not sure how he was getting signal like in space on his way out. But uh, all right, whatever. Yeah. The mid credit scene was cute with the holding the car for to change the tire or whatever they were trying to do and, um, you know, carrying heavy things for her parents. Yeah. When, when he said, do. when, 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 uh, Morris said, uh, this is just to check in on you. He, she, he actually did have a couple of things for her to help out with. And these were the things <laughs> that we were seeing. Although <laughs> Chad things. is supposed to be uh, a, a genius and can't change a tire, you know? All right. Not a genius, yeah. but he did get promoted. Oh, I mean, yeah. And he's employed. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, anything else? That's it. All right. That's it for now. Uh, there's more to come. 
stay with us. And we're back with a little bit of news, Greg. All right. So Jessica Gao talked to the Hollywood Reporter. It's a real quick one today, uh, but she's talking about uh, the fact that She-Hulk was actually her fourth pitch to Marvel Studios, um, and uh, and you know one one of which was like a Black Widow uh, story, apparently, apparently effectively gross point blank <laughs> for Natasha Romanoff. But anyway, so she said. She says, uh, I, I just figured, what's the fourth rejection? I've got the armor. I don't care anymore. I've got nothing to live for except for this project. So the She-Hulk show that I pitched to them that day is basically the show we made, she tells the Hollywood Reporter. In She-Hulk's second episode, Superhuman Law, the MCU finally acknowledged the Bruce Banner Hulk recasting that took place following the Edward Norton-led film The Incredible Hulk, which I enjoyed. That's just a disclaimer. And according to Gal, Mark Ruffalo, who took over for Norton in, in uh, 2012's Avengers, put the finishing touch on the recasting nod. Uh, writer Jacqueline Gale was like, you gotta have him say, I'm a completely different person now. And Mark actually added the literally. So if the literally had been in there, I wonder if Marvel Studios would have flagged it. But I've been continually su- continually surprised by how willing they are to let us poke fun at things and really point these things out. I That's fantastic. Um, I, the fact that you are, like, you're poking at, at canon, effectively, I think is great. And uh, I thought that was a fun little tidbit. Especially... It's great know, fan the, service. Yeah, it's it's fantastic. Uh, it makes me go. <laughs> that's that's funny. Even though I'm a person who who really enjoyed Edward Norton as a Hulk. Yeah, I really did too. But then when Mark Ruffalo took over, I was like, no, this is better. No, yeah, I mean the, the <laughs> chemistry he had with with Rob Down Jr. and and Tony was was too good. Did you ever see the um, Science Bros. trend on the internet? All these people were were doing like fan drawings of tony and bruce in labs together giving each other like high fives and stuff and it was all tagged with the um hashtag science bros it was really adorable uh somebody (laughs) showed them to mark ruffalo like on a red carpet and he lost it he's like i gotta send this to to robert right now like he was so into it yeah that's really funny that's awesome uh on to listener feedback as we mentioned earlier we are recording the night that She-Hulk comes out. So uh, we don't have any listener feedback for this particular episode. But as we said, you know, hey, go to podcast.com and uh, record a message or whatever. If you send stuff in or put stuff up for this week's, uh, we will read it next week. Um, and then we'll we'll hopefully uh, get the word out that, uh, that you guys, if you can watch it on, on, uh, on Thursday, fantastic. If not, we'll definitely get your, your feedback included later on. And that brings us to the Marvel Question of the Week. Penny, what do we have this week? We got quite a lot of feedback on the Marvel Question of the Week. I think people really enjoy these questions. Last week's Marvel Question of the Week was, who's your favorite unpowered sidekick? And we got quite a few responses. And the first one is from Danielle Dement-Juiced, who says, Ned comes immediately to mind, but I guess technically he's no longer unpowered, but he's fantastic. I believe she's talking about Ned Leeds uh, of Spider-Man's, yeah, Spider-Man. Spider-Man's Man in the Chair, uh, but he apparently is magic. Uh, so, uh, you know what? Hey, he was a man. He was the guy in the chair. So I, I'm down with you, Danielle. I totally. I'm Ned. Ned's awesome. He's very lovable. 
Derek O'Neill says it's got to be Nick Fury. He's my favorite comic book character anyway. But in the MCU, MCU, he has no powers. But without him, there would be no Avengers. I agree with you. Nick Fury is a bad motherfucker. Uh, but I would say that he's not necessarily a sidekick. He's a side character, kind of, sort of. But yeah. I would, I would, I would call him like management as opposed to, but absolutely great choice as as an unpowered. Yeah, apparently in the comics he does have a little bit of powers, but not in the MCU. Yeah, there's there's some some odd stuff with him <laughs> in the comics. Yeah. Uh, Kelly Burgess says mine would probably be Phil Coulson. It was his quote death that got the Avengers to pull it together to fight Loki. Plus, I loved Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., even if it's not really acknowledged by the MCU. Kelly, I agree with you. I loved Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I really hope they bring some of them back. I think I watched the first, like, four seasons of that. And, I, you know, as I said last week, I really like Clark Gregg. And I thought his, his portrayal, I mean, if I remember correctly, he actually was so memorable and so, made such an impact that he got included into the comics. I believe they made up a character of Phil Coulson in the comics after. Uh, oh, really? Great. I believe so. Uh, that could be that could be me, you know, fantasizing, uh, making some fanfic of uh, of comics. But uh, um, I believe that's the, that's the case. Um, yeah, I he, like I said, he'd be at my dinner table. So I, I I'm down with what you what you're saying, Kelly. Uh, Spencer Bailey, Pepper Potts in the series and in the comics, she always steps up and calls it like it is. Yeah, Pepper's also a bad motherfucker. Yeah, she is. I mean, CEO of Stark Industries, she's amazing. Uh, oh, yeah. Wendy Ott Eppers, your uh, co-host for Wheel of Time, my co-host on Yellow Jackets, asked, would you consider Black Widow unpowered? And the internet decided, uh, yeah, she's unpowered, but she's no sidekick. Doesn't count. I, yeah, she is. She is definitely a, I mean, definitely unpowered, but uh, also definitely a main character. And then uh, Claire Rutter says, well, she just had a, a, a gif, a gif of Nick Fury, which, again, Absolutely unpowered and bad MFR. Yeah. Uh, Karen, she said, I was going to say Ned, the guy in the chair, but they showed in No Way Home that he actually does have powers, right? So my next answer is Karun from The Eternals. He not only offered comedic relief to an otherwise serious movie that I love, but he was the audience and human proxy. When Kingo tells him to go home, it was moving when he said, and do what? Watch TV? When I could be with the Earth's original superheroes as they try to save the world? He further endeared me when he thanked the Eternals for everything they had done to protect the Earth, thinking that it'd be the last time any of them would be alive. Shout out to actor Harish Patel for elevating that role with just a few scenes. I totally want to see all the footage he got for Kingo's documentary, which hit on one of the movie's motifs of storytelling slash unreliable narration. It has to release on Disney Plus as a miniseries, right? There are fan theories, by the way, that Karun might be a scrawl. That's a really good pick, yeah. Great feedback. And uh, I also would like to see all of that documentary footage. I think it would be pretty entertaining. And this idea that he might be a scrawl is intriguing. So I'm going to do a little Googling later on that. Oh, boy. You're going to fall down the, the Marvel hole. Uh <laughs> Jason Cabassi, my favorite non-powered sidekick is Groot. I like his attitude and that he gets distracted a lot and is funny and has a good heart. 
P.S. Okay, he kind of has powers, but he's just like every other member of his species, Flora Colossus, and so I think that makes him similar by any by to, to any MCU human character that doesn't have superhuman abilities. I could see that. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I, I'm accepting that logic. Yeah, I mean, and Groot and and Rocket are both sidekicks of each other, so I mean, they really could both be sidekicks. But Rocket has does Rocket have powers, or he just. He was just genetically engineered in order to be, like, smart and a very tech-savvy person. But you could say the same thing about Tony Stark. I mean, although you could could say he was genetically modified that way, so that's why he has, quote-unquote, powers. Yeah. It's hard to know what Rocket really is. Uh, All right. What was was your your answer, Penny? um, So I went back and forth a lot, and originally I was going to say Ned, but – when I saw Karen's answer and realized that, yes, he does have powers, it wouldn't be Ned. So I'm going to say Bruno, who is the sidekick on Ms. Marvel. He is incredibly tech savvy and, you know, he created her costume and well, her original costume, her later costume is created by someone else. And he uh, helps her figure out her powers. And he's just a sweetheart. He gets involved with all the family shenanigans. He's, has a major dance role at the wedding. I, I found him really endearing. And um, of course, he was a Walking Dead alum. So I already had a soft spot for him in my heart. How about you? Uh, Who's your favorite? Um, yeah, so he was uh, Max and Lentz. Uh, and yeah, he was, he, I thought he was really good in Miss Marvel. So I went, Ned also popped in my mind. I didn't necessarily, I just like, I, I was trying to be a little bit different, um, but I've got to go with Jimmy Woo um, oh, from One Division. Yeah, One Division yeah, and uh, Ant Man. I mean, you could say that he's powered because he does magic, but not like Doctor Strange magic, but like Houdini magic. Yeah, like close up um, magic. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> very, very, just very sleight of hand magic, as opposed to uh, like, like I said, as to sorcerer magic. Uh, yeah, Jimmy. Jimmy, I thought was he's great comedic comedic relief. Uh, you mentioned Michael Pena from uh, Louise, yeah, Louise. Uh, from from Ant Man, and that's I mean he, he's a good pick too. But uh, but Jimmy, uh, I also have a kind of a soft spot for that actor um, who played uh, Asian Jim on The Office for oh. a total of about forty seconds uh, in I don't know like season five or season six. I forgot and it about is, that. Uh, it is hysterical. He was the lead in the show Fresh Off the Boat, which uh, on ABC, and that was very silly and fun, the family sitcom. And uh, he was also, he played Kim Jong-il in that movie, the Seth Rogen (laughs) movie that caused all that uproar when it got leaked from Sony. Yeah, the interview? The interview, yeah. Nice. Uh, Yeah, he's great. I really like Ray Park. Um, Yeah. Good choice. Good pick. All right. So what's next week's? So uh, I want to talk about ships next week, meaning relationships. Who in the Marvel Universe do you think should get together? Hmm. That is another interesting one. I'm looking forward to the responses. Yeah. 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 Thanks for all the feedback, everybody. Those were those were great. All right. That's our show. Thanks for listening, everybody. If you'd like to get in touch with us or find out more about Podcastica or send in feedback, you can find all of our contact information at podcastica.com. You can write in or record a voice message right there on podcastica.com or find links to our social media pages and other shows. 
Uh, what else? What do we have going on right now? Uh, oh, Sandman is is one that's I'm I'm catching up on, and I'm really enjoying the coverage with the uh, with Jamie and Mark. Uh, it's visually Such a stunning, beautiful show. Yeah, gorgeous. I think I think I'm like three or four episodes. Jenna Coleman just uh, made an appearance in uh, in one of the the episode I just watched, and man, I'm I'm enjoying it. Oh, you have so much good stuff coming though. It it just gets the show gets better and better as the season goes on. I thought, awesome. Uh, yeah, I'm uh, I'm gearing up now for Rings of Power. I'm pretty excited about that. But House of the Dragon just started. Oh and yeah, I haven't listened to the coverage yet. I'm uh, I'm excited about it. Yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. Yeah, I, the first episode was really really good. Um, and uh, yeah, that's that's I'm that is a show that I mean I loved Game of Thrones. Um, regardless of how how polarizing it was. Um, but, uh, I, I, I read, uh, sorry, I read fire and blood, fire and blood. And the, I like the, the kind of historical aspect of it. I think it's really cool. Yeah. And again, just like the original game of Thrones, the production values are out of control. It is so beautiful. The costumes are gorgeous. This time around, the wigs all look really good. Uh, the sets are again really beautiful. King's Landing is still gorgeous. Oh yeah, some of the vistas were just stunning. I really want to visit some of the the sites. You can there are tours that will take you to some of the places in the Game of Thrones world. You know, you can like there's they've turned Castle Black into like a bed and breakfast. You can stay there. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I would love to see some of those places. That'd be really cool. Oh, absolutely. All right, but uh, next week on this podcast, She-Hulk episode 1.3. Looking forward to finding out what that title is and seeing where Jen goes from here. Me too. That's our show. Thanks, everyone, for joining us. See you next week. Hey, Penny, do you like do you like fanfic? Because, I mean, I was wondering if we could make, maybe, do some, maybe do some fanfic for uh, maybe a scene in the show. Like, that sounds not great. Necessarily what, not, not necessarily what happened, but, uh, but like, you know, what we might want to see. Yeah, that sounds fantastic. So, okay, I, I, I'm going to play... I'm going to play Dennis, and then you play Jen. Okay. And uh, we'll just, we'll go from there. So, how'd you get those superpowers? Fuck off, Dennis. <laughs> <laughs>